1: Once we freely come to know Christ and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's when God reveals our true purpose.
0: Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's core truth.
1: We'll be in First Thessalonians chapter 2. I entitled this message, A Lifestyle That Counts. Have you ever considered how much our life matters to those that are around us? How much our lifestyle really counts in realizing the choices that we make, those choices can and will affect the people that are around us, especially those we don't even know. Because why? Well, people watch us. People know that you're a Christian at school if you're still in college or you're working. I mean, people know that we're believers, you know. And the words that we speak, the life that we live out, the example we leave, I think we have all met people that their lives you know, have a great amount of integrity in them. And those people, they stand out in our culture. People with integrity, they stand out. Why is that? Because there are many in our city here that simply don't care. There are many that are not trustworthy that are around us. There are many that take advantage of others that live around us. You know, being a man or woman of great integrity in our day and in our culture, outside of the church matters also. It's not just coming here and being super faithful here, but it's having integrity outside of the church. For this will open the biggest doors and opportunity for us to openly share about our faith, which those that are not following Jesus need to hear. See, we all need to understand that our actions speak louder than words. Yes, what we do and how we live, it absolutely matters. So it comes back to the fact that our lifestyle counts. We as Christians can never consider it pointless. It's all a part of our new life in Christ. The Bible tells us in Psalm 119 verse one, it says, how blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Yes, yes. Those who walk in the law of the Lord, those who desire to be blameless and please the Lord in their life, guess what? That matters. To literally walk blamelessly is not a person whose life is perfect. Why is that? Because none of us are perfect but it's the person who is pursuing the walk blamelessly, meaning we're striving to please the Lord by living according to his word. It's becoming more than just a hearer of the word of God, but it's really becoming a doer of the word of God. That's the person who God says will be blessed. Now that word blessed in the original Hebrew language that's used there in Psalm 119, it means that you will be a happy person or literally happiness will surround you. So when God says, blessed are you, he's saying, I will pour my happiness upon you. Yes, God's joy will be added to us. And I think living here in Los Angeles, a little more happiness and joy is not gonna hurt anything. It'll go a long ways here you know, in our lives and in the lives of those around us. I think about Solomon, the son of King David. After his father, David had died, the kingdom was passed down to him and he was totally and completely overwhelmed. And for good reason. Why is that? He's taken over from his dad, King David. His dad was bigger than life. He was a national hero. He slew the giant named Goliath when he was just a teenage boy. When he was a teenager, he was also put in charge of the Israeli military. He conquered all of Israel's enemies. He became the undisputed king of then a divided Israel. He brought them back together. He drove the Jebusites out of Jerusalem and made Jerusalem the capital of Israel. Then he brought the Ark of the Covenant that represented the presence of God back to Jerusalem. And that, as you know, was a huge feat in itself. He brought peace to their borders. He brought incredible prosperity to their land. He, as the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. He brought true worship back to the people as he wrote the majority of the Psalms. And when you go to the book of Psalms, know that those are not just little poems or just little writings. They were all to be sung to the Lord for his glory. The Apostle Paul makes mention of that, by the way, in Ephesians 5.19. He says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Yes, that's why we have this time of worship beforehand to glorify and magnify our Lord as we sing those psalms and hymns to him. Yes, without question, Solomon was petrified about taking over the kingdom of Israel. How in the world would he rule in the place of his father, the king? You know, he spoke all of those concerns to the Lord in total prayer. And he's like, oh God, I don't even know what to do here. So then God says to him, why don't you ask me for whatever you want? Now, think about that. You can have whatever you want. Now, if I was to say to you, you can have whatever you want, just ask me. And you might say, well, I want a Ferrari. And then I'll say, well, I was thinking about the three taco deal at El Loco, Okay. I have a budget of like five bucks. Could you keep it within five bucks? Okay, so so me telling you, ask whatever you wish, you're only gonna get so far with that. But when the God of creation says, ask whatever you wish, nothing's off the table. What would you say to that? Well, Solomon thought about that and he said, well, this is what I really need. I need your wisdom to govern your people. There is no way that I can just take over after my dad. I need the wisdom of God to govern your people. And God says, you know, I like that. You didn't ask for money. You asked for wisdom. So I'm telling you what, I'm going to make you the wisest man that's ever going to live on planet earth. Before you, now and afterwards, there will never be anyone as wise as you. And I'm going to make you rich too since you didn't even ask for it. And know this, Solomon didn't have gold by the ounce he didn't have it by the pound. He had it by the ton, tons of gold. He was the richest man that ever lived on the face of the earth. So yes, that's what he asked God and that's what God answered him. But then God also said to this to him in 1 Kings three fourteen. he says, if you walk in my ways and you keep my statutes, Solomon, and you keep my commandments as your father David walked, then I will prolong your days. This was exactly what David was trying to share with Solomon when he was dying on his deathbed. And he shared this. He said in 1 Chronicles 28, 9, he says, As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father. Know him. Don't know about him. Know him. And serve him with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts. And he understands every intent of your thoughts. And if you seek him, he will let you find him but if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Wow, think about that. Isn't the same go for all of us here today? We are all called to know God. But once we've asked Jesus Christ into our heart as our savior and our Lord, we know that he immediately forgives us of our sin and he gives us the hope of heaven. But that's not where it ends That is not where it is, just coming to know Christ. Well, I'm saved now, I guess that's it. No, that is just the beginning. Once we come to know Christ as our Savior, now we are called to walk with him. Yes, from the moment we came to Christ, God desires us to walk with him, to become like him, to really embrace him and let him be known literally to all that are around us through our lifestyle in our day in and day out living. Well, today we're gonna look in the book of 1 Thessalonians and we will look at our first point here, learning to walk as we read together in 1 Thessalonians chapter two, picking up in verse 10. It says, you are witnesses and so is God. How devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers. This is the apostle Paul. He's writing to the people in Thessalonica where he had started a church. Verse 11, just as you know, how we were ex- exhorting and encouraging and inspiring each of you, each one of you as a father would his own son so that you would, here it comes, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, who calls you in his own kingdom and glory. Wow. So there it is. We are called to walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls us. What, what does that even mean to walk? Well, if you take this word and you look at the original language, it means to live and behave in a manner worthy of the God that calls us. So we are to live We are to behave in a manner that would be well-pleasing to God. Now, as you know, when we first came into this saving relationship with Christ, we came just as we were, right? I mean, we just came just as we were, warts and all, you could say, meaning not one of us deserved it. But yet God didn't ask any of us to go clean ourselves up first. He didn't say, "Uh, excuse me, um, you're a little smelly from the world. Can you go clean these certain vices out of your life? Can you go get this rid of your life and then come back to me when you look a little bit more presentable? No. That's not what God said. He says, you just come as you are, just as you are. You know, he didn't say you have to make yourself free from any sin that you were caught up in. No, he says, you just come. Come with your vices. Come with your sin. You know, he also didn't ask us to take a written test on what we knew and understand about the Bible oh, it's a, you didn't pass the test, you know, you have to go to the back of the class. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say if we had to know a certain amount about the law of God. He didn't say, you, can you explain the gospel to me or any other doctrine in the Bible? He just simply said, you come to me just as you are. I love that verse in Ephesians two eight. Amen, by the way. Yes. So he takes us all in, just as we are. And he says in Ephesians 2, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of works that no man should boast. By the way, our worship leader had no idea that I was going to give this message on grace today, and he sang that song, Grace Like Rain. But, you know, grace here, what does it mean here? It means God's unmerited favor meaning we don't merit his favor. Now, I know a lot of us like to think that we're the best and we're wonderful and everything's great. And there's days that I think maybe you are great and you're wonderful and you do good things. But God looks at everything. Looks at every aspect of our life. He looks at us when we wake up on the wrong side of the bed, when we're stinky and have a bad attitude, okay? And don't think that you don't have that. Some of you do. You just hide it better than others. But the point is, God sees us in our best, but he sees us in our worst. But he still loves us. And that's what grace is. God says, I give you my unmerited favor, meaning you can't merit this. There's nothing you can do to earn this. I simply give you my love. Yes, we can't earn salvation by good works because it was given to us by our maker, the creator of everything seen and unseen. Again, we're not worthy of God's love, but yet Jesus died for us. And he was great. Jesus was holy. Jesus was glorious. And Jesus paid the price for all of our sinfulness in his own body on the cross. His grace is now great in us because of who died for us. Because of the great humiliation that Jesus suffered for us on the cross. And we must never forget that. He gives us his grace, his unmerited favor at no cost to all of us who seek after him by faith, to those who are willing to repent of their sin. This is consistent with what God has taught from the very beginning. Because if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, God established the way that sinful men and sinful women could stand before God. And it's by faith. And by faith alone, like we come to him, we didn't have to do anything else but just believe, just believe that Jesus died, that he bore my sin on the cross and that I could be born again. I just had to come by faith and faith alone. And that's where it all started with a man named Abraham. God promised Abraham... A family that was so big it would be like counting the stars of the sky or the sand on the beach ever try to count the grains of sand on a beach you're going to be there for a little while let's just say that okay so he said Abraham I'm going to give you a family that's that big and Abraham's thinking to himself well that's nice only one problem God in case you haven't noticed I'm 75 years old and my wife is 65 who knows they could have been married 40 50 years at that point and it's like you know we've been married all this time and guess what no babies have come don't you if I'm gonna have a giant family don't you have to start with having some kids okay so you know but he believed God he just said okay if you say I'm gonna have kids and I'm gonna have a big family okay, I'm going to believe you. So Abraham believed God when it didn't seem like it was going to happen. Genesis 15, six says this, Abraham believed the Lord and God reckoned it unto him as righteousness. So God reckoned that faith, that simple raw faith that just said, okay, I believe it. And he made it as righteousness righteousness is the word that just means right standings with God so Abraham was brought into right standings look Abraham sinned; he had a lot of issues if you look at his life you know sinful issues come up and everything but yet he was saved by faith and faith in God and God reckoned it unto him as righteousness now because he believed God Well, 25 years later it didn't happen overnight 25 years later when he was 100 years old and his wife was 90 they had their firstborn son Isaac wow wow it's like it happened I mean I talk to people it's like yes I've been praying to God for all this time and it's like nothing's happened well how long have you been praying about it three days (laughs) okay all right maybe you need to pray about it a little bit more Abraham prayed about it for 25 years, but it happened. We're saved today, again, in this very same way. It's through faith, by God's grace. Again, that God's unmerited favor. We don't deserve the grace of God. I've been a Christian for 44 years now, and I've never deserved God's love. Because he knows who we really are. He knows that I mess up. He knows that it's like I'm a disaster sometimes. But yet God never stops loving me and never stops giving up on me. Yet God said again in Ephesians 2 9, it is not as a result of your works or my works. It's not because we serve him or we don't serve him. It's not because we're just nice people. I'm just so nice. Look at me. I'm just a ball of cherries here. Okay, no. It's not for any other reason than God has chosen to love us first. And God established this principle again in the Old Testament. Consider what God told his people as they wandered in the wilderness about him giving them the promised land now we're looking at that right now right what are we studying in exodus we're studying how the people are wandering in the you know in the uh, wilderness heading towards the promised land and what are the people like oh they're like a just wonderful people no they're complaining they're they're moaning they're groaning they're just they're, they're complaining about everything they want to kill Moses like why'd you bring us out here to the wilderness it's like we could have died in Egypt but no you brought us out here to die in the desert and it's like they're just bad attitude 101 but this is what God God said to his people in Deuteronomy 9, 6, he says, no, then it is not because of your personal righteousness that the Lord God has given you the good land to possess for you are a stubborn people. And that's true about us because, you know, look, the reality is some days we're nice people. Some days, you know, someone turns their turn signal on on the freeway and you let off the accelerator and you let them slide over but what about all the other days and that turn signal goes on you're putting you're not getting in front of me it's like i mean there's just the reality is we're nice sometimes and the other times we're not so nice okay and that's why when jesus talked about us sharing with other people about his great love he said in ezekiel 2 7 he says but you shall speak my words whether they listen or not for they're rebellious so you're thinking well you know pastor I tried to share my faith with a co-worker one time and they just shut me down so I'm not good at this I'm not sharing anymore you know they just they don't want to hear about God okay well didn't God just tell us that but you shall share my words whether they listen or not for they're rebellious but the fact is God wants them to hear but they don't really want to hear he says I know that I know that they're rebellious but weren't you rebellious at one point didn't I continue to pursue in your life aren't you now going to heaven because i continue to knock on the door of your heart so these people that are stinky people that you work with i want you to continue to share with them whether they like it or not because i want them to know that i love them how about that that's why god says that so as we know like we know that none of our good works can produce salvation So does this mean that since we know that none of our good works can produce salvation and since we know that, you know, uh, the gift of God in eternal life is a free gift from him, it's by grace and by grace alone. So since I'm only saved by grace, since my good works aren't going to get me to heaven, so can I just go ahead and live in sin then? And then I'll be saved by grace? No, absolutely not. I like the way the Apostle Paul put it in Romans 6.1. He says, well, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace might increase in my life? He says, no, may it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in sin? See, once we come to know Christ, before before we came to know Christ, we were a slave to sin. You're like, I'm not a slave to anybody. Well, you were a slave to sin. You know, you just did the things that were wrong and you just did them. That's what you did. But when we come to know Christ, we're no longer a slave to sin. Now, if you continue to live in sin, it's because you choose to live in that sin, but he breaks the bondage of sin in our life. So we don't have to live in sin anymore. We don't have to be burdened with it. Now, granted, we'll probably never be sinless this side of heaven, but we can sin less and sin less and sin less as we follow him. See, that's the whole point here. And in the meantime, while we're working this out in our life, We're saved by grace. But now we are to walk. There's that word again. We're to walk in the newness of life the life that God gave us. Jesus said in John fifteen eighty 80 says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples. When you're my disciples, you'll have fruit. What is fruit? It's just a sign of good works. You're not doing the good works to get a pat on the back. You're just, you're changing your lifestyle. You're not living the same way you used to live. And that is what God has called us to do. But we must, again, God promises this new lifestyle as we repent of our sin, as we change from this lifestyle to the next lifestyle. We must understand, once we freely come to know Christ and we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's when God reveals our true purpose. See, until that, we're just aimlessly wandering. I'm going to school. I'm going to be this. I'm making money. I'm buying this. I'm buying that. I'm, I'm accumulating wealth. You know, whatever your thing is in life. But that's not the end goal for. God has a purpose for you because people can pursue all these things. But why am I alive? Why am I still here? Like, is there something that I'm not seeing here? There's got to be something more to this life than what I'm living see once we come to christ then we see that god has created us for something else something else yeah we still have to work we still have to have families and support our family but there's something else for us ephesians 2 10 says this for we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them there's that word walk again We need to walk in this. He says, we are his workmanship. What does that even mean? Well, that's actually an interesting word. Workmanship comes from the Greek word poema. It's where we get our English word poem. And it means that which is made. God is making us into something. So literally our lives can be a piece of, get this, literary workmanship written by the hand of God. How cool is that? That means that our conversion to Christianity, when we accepted Jesus into our hearts, that again is not the end. Like, okay, I came to know Christ. You wore me down. I'm a Christian. That's it. I'm done. No, you're not done. That's just the beginning of an entirely new lifestyle. And like any great artist, God always starts with a clean slate, right? Right? We come to Christ. What does he say? If any man or woman be in Christ, they become a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything becomes new. So now we all have everything forgiven. We are a clean slate now. He washes us away of all that has stained us in the past. Now God can accomplish the work that he desires in us. And what is that? To equip us for good works.
0: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to Pastor and Bible Teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also get via our app And online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034.